Amen. And now we will go into our church service for today. Welcome to World Missions Ministries Sunday Church Service. I'm Pastor Anthony Turkson. It is my joy, my pleasure, and I consider it a privilege to share with you God's holy word. I pray that the Lord would touch your hearts and lives, everyone here in the sanctuary, and also by extension, your family members, your house, for we are saved and our house. God wants that salvation that you have and the blessings to come upon all your family members. So I pray this for you, and I pray for everybody online, our online church members and visitors, everybody joining us today. The blessings of the Lord that make rich, to which he adds no sorrow, be yours. Today you'll be healed. Today you'll be delivered. Today salvation will come. Deliverance will be your portion. In Jesus' name, this prayer and this blessing I speak over you and all yours. In Jesus' matchless name, by the faith of God, we call it done. And all who agree said, Amen. Amen. God bless you once again. Hallelujah. God will restore all. Praise the Lord. Give him praise for that. Amen. God will restore all. Hallelujah. All that has been stolen from you, all that has been taken away from you, all that you even gave up through sin, through ignorance, God will restore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I want your heart to be open to receive not only this prophetic word from God, but also the ministration of God's word from the written word of God, which is a more sure word of prophecy. The written word of God is God's word. It is not based on some supposed vision or revelation or any private vision or revelation. It is what thus says God. It is what God has said and it is forever settled. Amen. God's word will come to pass. Praise the Lord. And so let me begin by showing you from the scriptures, from the word of God. And obviously also in addition, minister by the Holy Spirit and minister his prophetic words to you, God's people. Amen. So the spirit will minister to you. You also receive specific prophetic words, specific words for your own life today by the spirit. But I want to begin from the Bible, which is the word of God. Everything is settled by God's word. Hallelujah. The title is God will restore all. So let's find this in God's word. Hallelujah. All right, let's take scriptures that directly talk about the word restore or rest restoration. Restore or restoration, obviously the same thing. And similar words or synonyms that I will use today are reconciliation, restitution. So restore, restoration, reconciliation, restitution. They really are all the same in the context of what I'm teaching today from God's word. Amen. So let's look for restore 
All right, come with me to 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 8. 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 8. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So in your home, please turn in your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 8. If you don't have a Bible, our media team will put that scripture, that verse on your screen right now. 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 8. God will restore all. Let's see. Reading from verse 8, 1 Samuel 30. And David inquired at the Lord. Inquired means he prayed. He asked the Lord for help. Lord, what do I do? What's going to happen right now? in my life, in this particular situation. Uh, and please make time to read, uh, you know, the whole story uh, later. But to summarize, the, his enemies, when he was away, the enemies had come to their town, ransacked, you know, the entire town, taking away. David was away with his men, his soldiers. His enemies came behind him and took their wives away, took everything they owned Way. So when David returned with his soldiers, everything was gone. And his soldiers were actually so mad, not only that they had lost everything their wives had been taking away, but then they turned against their general. They were mad at, at David. And, and that happens sometimes, you know, in life when people lose something, when there's, they lose something, or even lose someone. Sometimes people get mad at somebody else. It, it just happens. They're just emotional and you just happen to be there. So they take it out on you. Anyway, so they're blaming David and David is like, oh my God, what do I do? Real life situation, you know, and he prays, prays to God. This is one of the times that the Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord because, you know, everybody who's around you that you can, you, you can fall back on for help at the time when you've lost everything, they're against you. So he has nobody. He says, well, Lord, Lord, I, that you all I got. Help me. Uh, save me. Sustain me. And you know, of course, he was a musician. You know, wrote a lot of songs. So, you know, that's one of the songs actually in the Psalms that he wrote to encourage himself in Lord. So it's a, it's a good thing to learn to do when you have no, your support system is gone. Always have God. Amen. It happened to our Lord Jesus Christ in his life as a human on earth. Obviously, you are, we know that Jesus was God. As believers, we believe this. And we know from the Bible that Jesus was God who came to the earth. Do you know that there are some supposed Christians who don't believe that Jesus is God? Do you all know that? Yeah, so that's why I clarified that we happen to believe that Jesus is God. He's not just a prophet. He was God. Amen. He's not just a good teacher, a rabbi. He was God. You're going to hear those things. The people in the world who believe in Jesus, let me complete it, believe in Jesus, but they believe in him as a prophet, as a great person, as a teacher, but not as God. They're the people who don't believe that. So you got to be aware of it. All right. Christians, we believe that. And if you're hearing this for the first time, you're saying, well, Pastor, why do you believe that Jesus is God? And you can read this for yourself. In John chapter 1, what I believe I take from the Bible. 
Amen. I never met God anywhere. I never met Jesus on the street anywhere. What I believe I take from the Bible. Amen. Secondly, oh my God, he changed my life. Oh, Lord Jesus, he changed my life. I didn't change my life. There are things that have happened in my life that I know. This transformation came from God. There's, call it whatever you want, like a higher power, higher power superpower, and people uh, don't want to call God. I don't, I don't understand why. They admit that there's something greater, someone greater, something else. But somehow, some people just don't want to use the word God. So they call him the man upstairs. Like you hear that a lot at football games. You know, he's a man upstairs, you know, just my superpower. Well, all that, according to the Bible, is God. So I call God. So yeah, I believe because the Bible says so. I believe because he's changed my life. He's changed my life. And then number three, I have actually prayed to this being that I believe in. And he's worked a wonder, a miracle that I couldn't have done myself. So I know, oh my God, I know. Once I was blind, now I see, I know God is. I know, oh, that I know. That I know. Changed my life, changed people's lives, answered miracles instantly. Oh, even if he wasn't called God, I would follow him. Even if he was not called God, I mean, like nothing was happening, and I just happened to pray to this being that I believe is, and he answered for free and helped somebody and didn't put me in prison, didn't give me any rules to, to follow. He just said, I love you, and I just did it. And I love that person, I, did, I just did it. In fact, if you never followed me, if you didn't care about me, I, don't, I still love you. Oh, no. That person I am following, and he is called God. Amen. All right, so David encouraged himself in God. And when you, your support system, may God always help you give your support system. But if you don't have that, encourage yourself in God. Hallelujah. Talk to yourself and say, why are you down? My soul, why are you so downcast? Trust in the Lord. Talk to yourself. Trust in the Lord. Praise the Lord. Say, I will yet praise God. Though the fig tree may not blossom, though there may not be fruit on the vine, yet will I praise the Lord. For he will sustain me, and he will set my feet like hind's feet upon the high places of this world. You see how mountain goats climb mountains? Steep mountains, you can't do it. Mountain climbers can't do it. And you look at them and you wonder how they do it. God created them and designed them that way. They have feet that can stand on those steep, steep cliffs. And also wired internally that instinctively they know what to do. It's amazing. Hallelujah. Only God. Somebody say only God. Encourage yourself in the Lord. So that, it was such a time that David had to encourage himself in the Lord. Then he prayed. He said, Lord, what do I do now that we've lost everything? Me, my soldiers, our town, 
our community. Verse 8, 1 Samuel 30, verse 8. And David inquired at the Lord. So he learned something, pray. Ask the Lord, what do I do? Amen. Talk to him first before you call your best friend. Talk to God first. Praise the Lord. And then in an emergency, when you've called, like we, we live in, you know, I'm talking to people right here in the United States, but people around the world. If you happen to be in a place where you're blessed to have like emergency services that can come to help, use that. That's a blessing. Some people don't have it. This is a problem some Christians have. You happen to live in a country, a culture, a community where you actually have a blessing to have some services set up that God forbid, but where there's fire or where somebody fainted or I don't know, but some emergency, something that you would need someone else who actually went to school for that problem. Come on, please pay attention. Somebody went to school to learn how to handle that problem. Just like you are educated. Come on, people, are you listening? You are educated. You got a job. You went to training. You got a job, and you were doing that. You believe in yourself. You know you're that good, yes? Hello? Okay. Someone else went to school, has training, and has been certified that in case of fire, in case of choking, in case whatever, they are trained to handle it. You have that in your culture. That's a, this is my biggest problem as a pastor with some Christians. You actually happen to live in a country, a culture, that you have that. A problem comes up, they're not going to call. Who do you think gave that blessing for that community to have that? It was God who set it up. Take advantage of it amen the fact that you have God does not mean that all the things that God gave to you as a person to use in life you no longer depend on and you no longer use because you are a spiritual person so now you're not going to think anymore now you're not going to open your eyes to look if the traffic light says red stop Amber, caution, yellow amber, caution, or green, go. You're no longer going to do that. Ask me, angels, drive my car. Lord Jesus, drive this vehicle. Take the wheel. No. You only do that when, like my older daughter, your car is slipping on ice. That's the moment you say, Lord Jesus, take that wheel. But all other times, my baby keeps her eyes open and she follows what she was instructed by the driving school people who taught her and what her dad taught her and what her sense tells her she follows that. Are you with me? I got a problem with some of you all as your pastor. And today I'm going to handle it so we don't have to deal with this anymore. Use all the natural resources God provided in your country, your community. Use them to your advantage. Come on, give praise. It's not from the devil, it's from God. Some of you all make our job hard, too hard. We're tired. 
When you drive, keep your eyes open. When you're driving and you're listening to me, don't close your eyes. When I say let, pray, don't close your eyes. Keep your eyes open. You only close your eyes when you're home by yourself. Please. 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 We do annual physical checkups. Why? So in case they see something that the enemy is trying to sneak in, they'll catch it early and stop it before it grows because you don't know but somebody went to school and got educated and got training and somebody aboard who oversaw that person certified that this person has gone through this training and when they see this sign or that sign or whatever, they know it's this and this is what without God in our natural world we use to handle it. Please. Please. What's that thing called? Heimlich, Heimlich uh, method. If somebody's choking, if you know it, you can help them. Yes? When you learn how to swim, when you learn swimming, at least in America, when they actually teach you, I don't mean when you are just floundering and you learn that way, but when you go to be taught, they not only teach you how to swim yourself, they also teach you how to save people. If you ever done that in America or taking your children to be instructed and they did what I just said, say amen. They teach you what to look for when somebody is drowning. When you should go in the water to save them. At least when they were instructing me, they told me you look for these signs and Oftentimes, when you are there in the stars, don't go in right away. Because when they have a lot of energy, a lot of strength, you go in right away. They can use their strength. Because they are scared, they can take hold of you and go down with you. So they thought, and of course, you can't also wait too long for them to pass out and die, you know. So you use your judgment. You look out. And they said, well, then you go in and you come in from behind and this is how you get them. And then they teach you how to swim to save yourself and swim with them to save them on your back. And how you do it. How many, how many went through that? Say amen. They do all that. Why? To save your life and to save a life. Yes? No, maybe but you're all quiet. You didn't eat this morning? Okay. All right. Let's do, let's do another example. This is flight, whatever flight number. This is your captain, Pastor Turkson. Our flight is going to recovery town, restoration lane. Amen? Reconciliation Boulevard. A wealthy place. That's where we're going today. We're good to go? All right. This is what I want you all to do. This is your captain saying to you, in the unlikely case that you need extra oxygen, oxygen mask will drop from above you. Please watch 
the flight attendants. This is how you handle it. You pull it and put it over your nose like that. You've seen them do it, right? Pull it over your nose. Breathe normally. You have to, you don't have to hyperventilate. Just breathe normally. It will do its job. Just do yours naturally. You're, like you always do. Don't panic. Then they tell you this. If you have a child with you, if you have somebody who needs support, don't help them first. This is breathing. If you die, you, it doesn't matter how much you love your baby, you can't help them. So they tell you this. Please, put on your mask first, oxygen mask. Then when you are, you can help them. Is that what they say? Why all that? To keep you alive, to keep them alive. Am I helping somebody? Wow. No, yes, maybe. Okay. You're very quiet today. All right? Praise God. This is what I'm trying to get you to see. That God created you, yes? He put a spirit in you. But he made you a three-part being. Tripartite. Trichotomy. Three. You are a spirit. You live in a body and you have a soul. You're not body and soul. You're not just all body. Spirit, you live in a soul, you have a body. Spirit has its life. Your soul has its life. Your body has its life. Your spirit has its needs. Your soul has its needs. Your body has its needs. Just because you're born again does not mean that your body's needs go away. Neither does it mean that your soul's needs go away. It's still human. So you cannot feed your spirit only and expect that you stay alive and function as a human being on this planet without feeding your body or your soul. Something will go wrong. Can't blame God and say, I'm a person of faith, so God still has to make it work. It don't work that way. It does not work that way. If you never eat at all as a human being, you're not feeding your body. Fasting is good. But we were not made to live on earth to fast forever. For example, we're not fish. So we don't live in water and function in water, breathing in water with gills. We're not made that way. We good? So whatever you have to do in the natural, save yourself from drowning and save someone else, please do it so we can live for the next day. Amen. Okay, well, interesting here. David has lost material things. 
soldiers have lost material things and also lost family. Wives have been taken away. Now David's soldiers want to kill him. So there's a problem with the relationship. There's poor morale among the military ranks. They're not listening to their commander-in-chief. It's like the state of the United States of America right now. The people who say, that is not my president. There's, that's a problem. You know that? Whether you agree or not, there is a problem. Anyway. What's David going to do? So you have a material situation, emotional situation, physical and in the soul. Emotions are in the soul. Mind, mental, that's in the soul. Your personality, that soul. And the, obviously the physical situation. But David taps into the spirit. You see all three? Spirit zone. But he, how did he tap into the spirit realm? Talked to God. God is a spirit. John 4, 24 says God is a spirit. They that worship God must worship him in spirit. Amen? I love God. I love that he didn't stop there. God is spirit. Worship him in spirit. He said worship him in spirit and in truth. So that means your spiritual worship must agree with the truth of the word. A lot of people around the world who worship God in spirit but not in truth. What they're doing is contrary to God's word. For example, if I say I'm going to raise uh, funds today, let's say I'm going to raise funds today to build this church or to pay off this church or whatever. We're doing something spiritual. We're going to raise funds. And I tell you, that, oh, I feel the spirit. The Lord's talking to me. Yes, I see that seven people here have to give $10,000. Yeah, oh, he's telling me. Yeah, I feel it now. Mm, Jesus. I'm going to lay hands on you and do something for you. That's a lie. That's a lie. It's not truth. I'm doing something spiritual. I'm supposed to do something spiritual for God. But it's all a lie. It's not truth. It's not. This is John 4, 24. Worship him in spirit and in truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Truth is the word. John 17, 17. Sanctify them in thy word, for thy word is truth. Truth is, it has to agree with the Bible. Yes? A lot of that has been done in the Christian church. Now we're here on the internet. Pastors who are saying, throw all my CDs away, all my messages away, all the things I did about raising funds and taking money from, you know, that wasn't good. We hear, aren't we hearing that? Spirit, but not truth. Another thing about truth, when you read Ephesians, it says, speak the truth. Another thing it says about truth, it says, speak the truth in what? You tell me. In love. So sometimes people speak truth, it's truth that you're speaking. But you know yourself, 
you are saying this to hurt somebody. You are exposing somebody just to hurt them. Because you're envious, you're jealous, you hate them, you dislike them, you are bitter. They are, they are cool and you're not. They're cool and you're not. You got to forgive me for saying this, but I think one of the greatest inventions that ever came into our world is the African-American. Naturally cool. Not all over the world, naturally. Everybody copies their culture, their swag, their style. How did that happen? I'm glad they got created. I know that's not very pastoral, but you got to agree with it. African-Americans are naturally cool. You ever seen Obama walk? Naturally cool. You ever seen James Jones? James Jones. Margie Jones, James Jones. Cool. Dr. Frederick Casey Price. Cool. Michael Jackson. Muhammad Ali. Michael Jordan, Serena Williams, Mahalia Jackson. I rest my case. Okay, now let me preach. Okay, okay, you gotta help me. Come on, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Ah, hallelujah. Okay, don't get offended if you are not African American, please. Just by the way. Amen. We are relaxed now. I think, I think I'm relaxed now. See. Yeah. First Samuel 30, verse 8. And David inquired in the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Ask the Lord what to do if you lack wisdom. According to James chapter 1, if you lack wisdom, ask the Lord. And the Lord will give you, the Lord who is generous will give you generously, liberally. He's not going to rebuke you for asking him for help. I love it. He's not going to rebuke you. When I lacked wisdom and I messed up and I'm asking God, he says, I'm not going to rebuke you. <laughs> I'll give you generously. Only God. Amen. And the Lord answered, oh, no, no. Shall I pursue? Shall I overtake them? can tell he's a military man, you know. So it's very specific. Should I pursue? Shall I overtake them? By the way, he had had also some previous cases where he had asked God, and God had told him exactly what to do. So he knows uh, from the previous experience what questions to ask. You know, you with me? Very detailed for detailed instructions. Because there's a time God told him, chase after them. Another time God says, wait. So if you just go based on, oh, this happened and he said, chase after them. A similar thing has happened, so I'm going to chase. You might mess up. Because this other time God said, no, wait. Wait till you hear the sound of the rustling of these leaves. When it's going to blow, when there's no, when everything is still, leaves are still going to hear the sound of a going, sound of movement. Because the angels of God would have gone ahead. Amen. I would go ahead of you. 
Like in John 10, Jesus says that he goes ahead of us and the sheep follow. That's God. He always clears the path. He will not send you out by yourself. He goes ahead of you, clears the path, just like the apostolic ministry, clears the path, and it makes a way for you, sets a foundation so you can stand, helps you discover your purpose and, and, and uh, destiny or calling, and you walk in it. And he's the apostle of our faith, Jesus. Hebrews 3 calls him the apostle of our faith, of our confession. Amen? All right, so God will never leave you. So anyway, uh, David knew that about God. God said, when you hear the sound of movement, then you go. So this time he says, should I go after them? Will I overtake them? Let's listen to God. God answered him and said, in the King James Version, you say the word. And he answered him, what's the next word? Pursue, chase them. Go after them. Amen. Pursue them. Think, think about this with me in the natural, in the natural world. When you hear the word pursue, pursue emotionally, what kind of state will you generally, will the person be in emotionally? Are they kind of down? No way. Chase after them? No. Mentally, what kind of state? Are you like you give up? No. Right? So you heard a spiritual word from a spirit, God, but it's going to affect you naturally in your mind and in your emotions. It's going to affect you and it's going to dictate how your body performs. Isn't that right? This is God. He's a spirit. He tells you something, you hear it, and it registers in your spiritual ear and probably your spiritual eye will see the outcome because God has told you so you kind of see it. Oh, this is the, the result. I will have the victory. So you can envision it. You can see Pastor Robert's church is called Envision Church. You can envision it. I know people in life envision things. So you understand what I'm saying? You can visualize it. You can see it ahead of time. Your victory. Amen. Somebody starts college, right? Most kids who start college, you know, 18 years, 19, 17, 18, 19, whatever, they start, they envision graduating. In fact, most places, like at least in the United States, in the Western countries around the world, many places, when you start, they already call you four years ahead. They call you the class of four years ahead. So what year is this? 2022. Those who started this year, you know what they call them? Class of 2026. Already. Isn't that right? They envision your graduating day. Amen. By his stripes, we are healed. So what are you supposed to envision? Oh, healing. Healed. See it. It's supposed to affect your thinking. It's supposed to affect emotionally how you feel. It's a spiritual word from a spiritual being, God, to you. But it affects you. It affects every area of your life. Even before it manifests, even before you get off the bed and start walking around, start cooking, cleaning your house, chatting with your family, 
playing with your children, grandchildren, whatever, the word affects you. What we do as believers touches every aspect of our lives. The problem I have, some of you all, is that you're just only spiritual-minded and you're not going to use your natural, you know, the other parts of you. It's just hard. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. It's got to change. Amen? It's got to change. The car's engine, the car's engine oil has to be changed. Got to wash the car. You got to clean the house. You got to mow the lawn. You got to do those natural things. The dishes won't wash themselves. They... How come we do all those things in the natural, but then when it comes to other things, we're like, oh, no, 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 I'm just going to be all spiritual now. When you drive, you keep your eyes open, don't you? Even though you got God, don't you? Okay, so why is it that when it comes to, I got to go do this, that will help me. So suddenly, we all get, some get all spiritual. They're not going to do it. We have to change. Amen. David said, should I pursue? Will I overtake them? God said, pursue. Let's finish that part. For you shall surely, I like that. You shall surely overtake them. Oh, say hallelujah. You got this problem right now. God says you're going to overtake them. It may be financial. Let's assume it's financial just for a second. Let's assume this is not prosperity gospel, as they say. But let me just preach that for a moment. Let's say you get a financial problem. Yes. God is saying he will bless you, press down, shaking together, running over. That's, that's in God's word. Where they messed up. And excesses came in the body of Christ is when a preacher like me preaching would say, when you give me money, then God will give you prayers and shaking. That's, that's where they messed up. But that does not mean that God still did not say in the Bible that he will bless you exceeding abundantly. Above all you think, above all you even pray. Oh, that's my God. Amen. Okay. So God says, you will surely overtake. So I'm telling you, that financial problem, you'll overtake it. Press down, shaking together, running over. The running over is you overtook it. Took care of the debts, the financial problems, and you had more than enough to even give to those who don't have. Just give me a sec. Let me show you this. Ephesians 4.29, I think. Let me just quickly... Look for this. Let me show you this. Ephesians 4. Ah, let's see. No, it's 28. What I want is 28. 28. Ephesians 4.28. Finally say amen, somebody. Okay, if you're home, turn to Ephesians 4.28. It says, let him, even if it's not on your screen, I wasn't prepared for this. Media team doesn't have it. 
So if they don't have it on the screen, it's okay. Look in your Bible. It says, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him work or labor, working with his hands. Get creative. The thing which is good. Get creative doing something good. Don't work as in do, dealing drugs. That is not good work. Amen. Why? Read on. That he may what? He no, that he may. Let's go back. Let's go back. Read. Let's read what we see. I don't want you to read what you heard on TV. Amen. So, especially on the subject of finances. You can't do that. Let's read what the Bible says. Not what you think, not what any pastor said. Because the pastors are changing their mind about what they used to tell us about money. So you can't depend on that. Let's change our thinking. People, let's, renewing the mind is not what you, you thought last year. It is a continuous process. Living by faith is not how I lived last week. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's a continuous transformation. We are transformed by the renewing of our mind. So maybe something you thought this morning before you came to church, the spirit is correcting you right now. And as a Christian, you need to change right now. Not say, well, I don't even like what pastor is saying. Well, you may not like. You may not like my accent. You may not like that I lost my hair. But the Bible says it. And if you say you're a Christian, then you have to accept what the Bible says. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it drops you the wrong way. But accept God's word and let the word of God renew you. Let the word of God heal you. Let the word of God help you and transform you. One day you thank me for it. And you say, thank God he was bold enough to tell me. Ephesians 4, 28. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather. So it's not like stop stealing and just stay there doing nothing. Tells you now what you got to do in, in place. Let him labor. If you will not work. Didn't the Bible say that? If you, he who will not work, the Bible says let him not eat. So you can't say, well, the Lord is my provider and I'm just praying. I'm not going to do anything. And God's going, no, no, no. God already wrote in the Bible. He will not work. Let him not eat. In this world, you want to eat, you got to work. In the Garden of Eden, Adam was given a job to do. There is no man that God created and God said, as for you, you shouldn't work. It is not biblical. It's not biblical. Amen? Okay. Especially when you're a man. Man as in male. I don't mean all the junk they're doing today. I mean man as male. Physical male. God created you male in the Bible, there are distinctions. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam was given his job to do. It was different from Eve's job. And I'm so glad one of the things God wanted Eve to do, he never asked men to do, to give birth to a human being. Thank God Almighty. Hallelujah. That thing is so hard. Woo! Hi. God bless women, man. Ephesians 4. Bless my mother. She rests in peace. Ephesians 4, 29. 
Let him that stole steal. 28, excuse me. Steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good, that he may have. That's a point I wanted you to get first. God wants you to have. Say, God wants me to have. This is not prosperity gospel. We just read in the New Testament. God wants you to have. Amen. Now look at the measure to which he wants you to have from the Bible. Not because I said it, but from the Bible. Look at the measure. Let's read it. It's right there. It doesn't use the word measure, but it's there. You can see it. That he may what? Have to do what? To give to him that needs. So implied there is God's going to give you exceeding abundantly above. It's not like God's going to give you to have then you have not because you gave. Then you no longer have. No. God gave, wants you to have. Then you have more than you should have for yourself so that when you give, you still have, but someone else also is blessed. Are you learning something? Amen. Because if I'm just a conduit and I never have, then God still fill in his word that he wants me to have. Like Psalm 23, which is the salvation psalm, the believer's psalm, because Psalm 22 is crucifixion psalm. You know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Before Jesus said it on the cross, David said it in Psalm 22. And when David said it, David was actually prophesying. I don't know if he actually knew what he was saying, but he said it, he sang it. And, and Jesus said it on the cross. So Psalm 22 is the cross. Psalm 23 is salvation for the believer. That's why Psalm 23 starts this way. The Lord is my shepherd. How did he become your shepherd? We were as sheep going astray. We're good? But we have returned to the bishop and shepherd of our souls. How did he become the bishop or overseer of our souls and our shepherd by dying on the cross for our sins. In John chapter 10, the Lord God opened the door to the sheepfold and the shepherd came in. The sheepfold is the earth. The shepherd is Jesus. And the porter, the great porter, you know, we are the clay and the Lord is the one who fashions us, all right? He opened the door to the earth for the shepherd to come. Anybody who comes into the earth wants to live here and operate here any other way, but through the door, that person is a thief because everybody comes through the door. The door into the earth is to be born. Jesus was born onto the earth. The devil was now born here. So he has no right to come into your house and tell you, how you ought to live. Say amen, somebody. This is all from John chapter 10. It's there. The two doors in John chapter 10. Because it says, the porter opens the door and the shepherd comes in. Then later on in John 10, Jesus, the shepherd says, now I am the door. So the two doors. It's not one door. In John 10, go and study all. You can cover everything that is there. In John 10, it says, God opens the sheepfold, that's the earth. Then the shepherd comes. And then when he comes, he dies for the sheep. And the sheep know his voice and they follow him. And they go in and out. And he says, they find pasture. You will have, you find pasture. 
you have more than enough to give to those who don't have. Say amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. So you're going to have and you're going to give to those who don't have. God wants you to have and God wants you to give. While we are there, let's just do 29 and then I'll go away from Ephesians while we're there. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Some of you all talk so badly. You still cuss. You still swear. Well, I'm, that's just me. Really? The devil still lives in you? That's, that's how some of you talk. I have to make my point. Forgive me, but I'm going to say it. Get the hell out of my face. I mean, you still say that? Who the hell are you? You still say that? And then you witness to the same person to say, I don't want you to go to hell. I want you to come to heaven. The person says, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Didn't you just speak hell? Of course, you will not be bold to write there and then try to witness to the person about Jesus, would you? Okay, I'll leave that subject. You guys are too quiet today. You're not helping me preach. Okay, I'm going to go to a subject that's going to make you shout. Hallelujah. Amen, somebody. See, let me say all the sweet things, the nice things that get people coming to church. Fill the church. People going to hell. Because they don't like the truth. Not you all, but some other people. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. That means this stops today. I'm not doing counseling for you who are still talking like that. I'm not doing that. You're wasting my time and my life and stops today. We did that 30 years ago. We're not doing that anymore. Hello? Pastor is on fire. He's not being too sweet and kind today. Yes, yes, it's because I'm tired. Simple things that we can handle. Struggling with. Not good. Not good. Not good. And you know, we handle a lot of things. We deal, a lot, deal with a lot of things. So don't sit here and say, I'm preaching at you because you, you don't know all the things I deal with. You have no idea. You're praying for your husband to come to church. Your husband knows you go to church. Your husband says, you got to handle this. It's a natural thing. Pastor agrees you got to handle. You don't want to handle it because it's all spiritual. Your husband is like, and now I have to, hand, I have to deal with this. This is some of the things that I'm ministering on. So don't sit here and think, Pastor is preaching at me. Or don't think, oh, Pastor is preaching at this person. You have no idea the number of things we deal with. The number of people we deal with. You have no idea. But my point is that things have to change. It just has to change. Corrupt communication? Really? And then you think that when you pray and you decree, you have the power to make it happen? No, you don't have the power. Because you have not generated it. That power has leaked out of you a long time ago. No, you have the authority of Jesus Christ, but we have something called Dunamis, ability, explosive power that works in you. 
James chapter 5, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man generates, it generates power. It stores up power. Some of you got no power stored up because it leaked out a long time ago because you gossiped too much. Your power leaked out. We, you have authority of the name of Jesus, but you don't have dunamis. You don't have power. It's gone. Long time ago. Like even today, right after our church, was pastor talking about, really? You still do that? And even after I said it today, somebody's going to still do it. Because you got demons that are working over time. Their last is to gossip. You need to read, Jesus said that in John chapter 8. He says, the last of your father you will do. You got to learn this today. It's not your last. It's the last of the devil and he wants to capture you. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. So if fear is creeping in, it's not from you. It is a spirit of fear. Naturally, that's how it is. And it wants to jump off on you. You need to resist it. A lying spirit. You don't have a lying spirit. You have the spirit of Christ. But if you enjoy that, it means there's a demon of lying. That's what it enjoys, and that's its life, and you let it jump off on you. Today, you got to be so mad at it, you got to fight back. Say, what? So you're the one, I caught you today. Pastor taught good, taught well. I caught you today. So all the times you're making me lie, making me gossip, that was actually not me. That was a demon that's trying to occupy my life. Yes. Are you learning something today? Yeah, in Matthew chapter 12. I know I'm teaching very well from the Bible. In Matthew chapter 12, Jesus said, I'm not making these things up. These are all things the Lord taught us. In Matthew 12, he says, when the unclean spirit goes out of a man, you know, out. So the man is here, the unclean spirit is over there. Then it starts looking around to go somewhere else where it can function, where it can enjoy its life. And then it says, it says to itself, I can't see any watered garden. I can't see any penthouse. I can't see any sweet, nice place. All the other places are dry. I don't want to go there. So it says to itself, I will go back. What I've never liked about that scripture, ladies and gentlemen, in Matthew 12, it says, I will go back. The demon says itself, demon talk. Demons talk and they think and they know locations. They know where you live. I just said they know where you live. So they say to them, so I said, Jesus said, it says to itself, I will go back to my house. I've never liked that the demon says, my house. How dare you? You see, all that nasty attitude you show up to your wife or your husband or your friends or your father, your parents, you got to show that to the devil, not your loved ones. And I know you do it because some have done it to me, so I know. They've done it to me, so I know. I know. I'm not mad. We're just human. These things happen. But we need to grow. And those things I know. Because when God called me, he said, I'm sending you. Shooting as a fiery arrow into the darkness of this world. When you go, you let my people know. The darkness of Satan's power is over. And the true light of Jesus shines so brightly. I understand things of Satan's power. So I knew right away there's a spirit. And when there's a spirit against you, you need not eat their food. Yeah. 
I knew that. Proverbs 23. Their heart is not with you. Don't eat their food. <laughs> so I stopped all that negative energy. I prayed against all that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what happened that day? God is good. I didn't tell anybody. Nobody ate it. Nobody, I made a point to check. Nobody ate it. It's like a good friend of mine. When I first came to the United States, good friend, really, really helped me. God bless him, really helped me. We went to eat, and he asked me to pray. He was a growing believer then, asked me to pray. I prayed. started eating, tasted his beer. He said to his wife, Pastor cursed the beer. I didn't curse it. <laughs> I'm not a, opposed to be, you can just be you. That's not me, you just be you. I just prayed, Lord bless the food. You see, I remember he told me this joke. He said, after that, he said, man, nice pizza and a cool beer Sunday afternoon. Oh, it's the best. He said, you spoiled that for me. Pastor spoiled it. Yeah. I prayed and he lost his desire for it. That is not to say I'm condemning anybody online who takes beer. That's you. Whatever. Just don't let me pray over it. Amen. Okay. So we've done 1 Samuel 30 and verse 8. What did God say? You shall without fail do what? Recover all. Right? Look at it again for yourself. 1 Samuel 30. 1 Samuel 30. Right? Isn't that what he said? Let's go back to it, please. You shall without fail, what? Please read it. Recover all. Amen. So God suddenly said to somebody, you recover what he lost. God is impartial. So what he said to David, he's saying to you also, I declare to you, you will recover. Say amen. Amen. You're going to recover. Going to recover. Now, let's take another specific case, recovery. Go to Jeremiah 30, verse 17. Media team, if you can help that, at least for this, put it on the screen. I repeat, Jeremiah chapter 30, 30, verse 17. Jeremiah. We will see recovery, but we'll see it in a specific situation. Jeremiah 30, verse 17. Where's Jeremiah? Sorry. 
Jeremiah 30, 17. For I will, please read the next word kindly, restore. So this is the second time we have seen restore, right? Complete this scripture for me, or this, this quotation. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word is what? Established. Yes? So this is the second witness. We good? Okay. The second time we've seen this, Jeremiah 30, verse 17. For I will restore. Now, th there's a specific situation. Okay, the next word tells us what situation we are in, okay? For I will restore what? Health. Please say the word with me. Health at home. Health. So in this case, you know, it's health. I mean, we're good? Well, no, 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 pastor. You see, that's, that's spiritual. That's not uh, physical. That's not body. Oh, I'm going to get you in a second. Let's go. For I will restore health unto you, and I will heal you of your wounds. Say amen. Wounds. Usually in life, we have wounds where? You tell me. In the body and also in the soul. Emotionally, people get wounded. Yes? Okay. So God's saying to you that he will heal your body and he will heal your soul. Are we good? I wish above all things that you prosper. Please pay attention. And be in health. Even as your soul prospers. Amen. Okay, let's do this. Pastor Afo, I'm going to need you, sir. Can you come, please? Uh, is it okay for you? Can, 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 can you be on camera? You, you don't mind? Okay, sir. Thank you. I need a, uh, two more people. Any, anybody who does not mind being on camera today, please come. I know you weren't prepared, but if you don't mind being on camera, please come. Wow. We're the only two who are cool and being on camera. Okay, please come. Doesn't matter your size, your heart, your, your size. Please come. Yes, thank you. I need one more person. Anybody? Okay. Oh. Oh, yeah. You can come. You can come. You can come. Yeah. No. No. I'm. Yeah. You can have your mask. You don't have to have your mask on. It's, we're, we're good. Actually, we've been told in in PG County, Prince George's County, in, in the United States. That it's optional. Isn't that, is that right? Okay, so it's optional. All right. Yeah, so it's optional. So it's optional. But I, I'm just pastor. I'm going to do what they do in Asia. That's just me. I do what they do in Asia. You know, a lot of people in Asia just wear their mask to protect themselves. When the, there's dust in, in, and all that, you know. So I'm just going to use myself. And when I'm in places where there's dust or there's too much going on, I'll do my mask. That's just me. If you see me, my mask on, that's just me. That's not you. We're good? Optional. Praise God. Don't get all political about it. Don't get all fight and all. Optional. Just use your wisdom. Okay, let's do this. Some of you all really need 
to recover yourselves. It's a spirit that is destroying people. Breaking up marriages, breaking up homes, because one is blue state, one is red state. For the last time I checked, we're called the United States. Zetas Uni. I, I, like, I like the French name for America. It doesn't sound so good. Zetas Uni. Ooh, I like it. Okay. Third John verse 2 says, Beloved, beloved Christians, I wish above all things that you prosper. <laughs> Prosperity is of God. Poverty is not of God. We need ambulances. We need fire service. We need hospitals. We need schools. We need community centers. You need, oh, I visited my, our daughters in New York and, and both places, but no, no, uh, the other one's place, I was so happy. There's a tennis court right opposite. Six, six courts. And there was a, uh, it's a gym, an open court, open gym. So I went there, I made a friend there, I was telling them about Jesus, you know, and guys are something, you know, guys are like, when, when you're also like into physical things, it just breaks the ice and they're cool. So he became my friend. Because we're lifting. I mean, when I went, I told him, man, you look good. You know, how long did it take you to do that? Because I'm, I'm, I'm just trying, you know. And, and just, he was just so happy. I told him you look good, you know. It's like, yeah. So he started talking. You got to forgive me. I just wanted to tell him about Jesus. <laughs> so anyway, it's really nice to see that. Because I'm pretty sure some poor kid from near that neighborhood is going to be the next Francis Tiafo. Or Atha Ash, or anyway. Okay. So Pastor Afol is a prosperous man. So I've got to tell you this. God's bless you. You're going to have to give to those who don't have. It is biblical. May God bless you, sir. Amen. So, so, so third John, that you prosper... And be in health. So today I'll call you health. Amen. May you be in health. Praise God. Prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Okay, so you tell me he's called soul prosperity. Prospered soul. Guy's so cool. Just always dresses cool. Man. From today, you are African-American. Just cool. God's got it. Praise the Lord. I was actually shocked to find out one of the richest guys in the world is from the uh, Ano family. Uh, LVMH. They got a, some kind of long name. Uh, LVMH. What's the LVMH? What's uh, Louis Vuitton? Ano family. I'm like, wait a minute. You mean you just, you just make clothes for people and you are one of the wealthiest in the world? Yeah. I had no idea that how people should look, appear, who want to look nice, that is that important to people. That they're going to spend so much money to create one of the wealthiest people in the world. 
He'd be like that. Amen. So you can build hospitals and schools and community centers. You understand me? That's what we need to have prosperity for. Biblical prosperity. I will give you the power or wisdom to get wealth. Deuteronomy, I will give you power to get wealth. 818, somewhere there. Yes. To establish my covenant. That's what God said. So don't let anybody tell you that poverty is good. A lie. Thank you. Okay, so your soul, uh, your health, that's your body. So you got soul, you got body, and you got, I'll use him for spirit. You got spirit. One, two, three, you got spirit. Quickly, I'll do this. Quickly, I'll do this. First Thessalonians 5.23. Let's do that quickly. First Thessalonians 5.23. It's going to come on the screen, but turn in your Bibles at home or in church. Look at that for me quickly. All right. The very God of peace, we change the word peace to shalom from the Hebrew. The very God of peace sanctify you. Sanctify means separate or set apart. And we pray that today before the service began. That God will set your body, which is his temple, apart for him to dwell in and operate in. And not sickness to control your life. Amen. We pray for that. God's going to do more of that. More miracles. In bodies. I mean, things you struggled with, you wake up one morning and it's gone. In fact, you're not going to remember. You're going to go about your life, do your stuff, and then maybe somewhere in the afternoon you're like, wait a minute. Oh, I'm moving freely. Woo. And you're going to be like Pastor Jeffrey. I feel it in my feet. Feel it moving. You remember his song? Oh, I love that song. Okay. You got 1 Thessalonians 5.23? Okay. So the very God of peace will sanctify your search your part completely or entirely or wholly. W-H-O-L-L-Y. Uh, what version do you have? What, what word that does he use? Entirely, wholly, or completely? Holy. So completely. Okay. And then it says your whole, W-H-O-L-E, your whole spirit. Please read for me. Your whole spirit and soul, and body. Do you see all three? Didn't you see that God wants to help you in your spirit, and soul, and body? From what I started teaching this early, from the very beginning, God isn't interested in just your spirit. Please. He's interested in your spirit, and soul, and body. Amen. Pastor Joe, should we do the other one, Hebrews 4? The other day I, I heard you teaching that. Maybe you should do that. Hebrews 4, 12. I think we should do that. Yeah, 12 and 13. Let's do 12, maybe 13. I think it would be a good one. The word of God is quick, living, active, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing asunder of spirit, soul, bone, and marrow. Well, where are your bones? In, in your body, Right? Where's your mar marrow? In your body. It's a place, place that your blood is formed. Praise God. Not, not 100%, but part of it, you know, medically, your marrow. Formation of the blood. 
there. What God is saying is the word of God will enter the core of your being. Your blood is your life. The word of God, as you hear and as you're listening, the word is entering you and healing you and delivering you and blessing you. Amen. All right. Can I let them sit? Because you've seen clearly that there are, there are different people standing here. Spirit is not the same as soul. Soul is not the same as body. We good? Okay. I'm going to have you do this just before they go. Let's do this. Soul, please come. I'll do this. The soul is actually, has actually three parts too. The soul itself has three parts. So I'm going to have the three people behind me move up when I call them. All right? When I call the three different parts that constitute the soul. Okay? All right. The soul is your mind. Sir, you're going to be the mind. The soul is the mind. That's number one. Pastor Afu. Amen. See how he's, pastors are like, this. see how he's blessing him? Naturally, they bless. Amen. Were you blessed today? You got to say, I blessed you. Amen. Praise God. Pastor Banfo says, we love you and there's nothing you can do about it. I just love that when he says it. We love you. There's nothing. Amen. How are you doing? Oh, I like that. She said, blessed. So the soul is the mind and the emotions. Please, emotions and the will. So the soul itself is also three parts. God wants you, sorry, the mind. God wants you to be healed mentally, to be made whole. Amen? God, if you have, who was emotional? You were the emotional. God wants to restore your emotions. There are things we've gone through in life. People have been traumatized, wounded emotionally. God's restoring you today. Amen. And you are will, right? Thank you. Oh, you got the hardest job. You got the most difficult part of my life that I struggled with was my will. You know who, who, who straightened it out? My sweet mama. Yes, Lord Jesus. I'll never forget the last time my will was shaped. She had been forming it. But there was a one time I was like, yeah, I'm not, not going to do it. And I got away with defying her. And I was shocked. I was surprised like, oh, oh, I got away with that. Hmm. All right. Next time I'll even do more. That's what I was thinking. I was 10, I think. I was shocked. The woman didn't respond. She didn't do anything. I think she was so shocked that I, I would defy and be like that. She didn't say anything. I thought, oh, yes, next time. Uh-huh, I got it now. And it was all over. Went to sleep. And at dawn, thieves broke into our house. I said, mama, mama, there are thieves in the house. And she got mad. She said, I'm the one beating you. And you said, there are thieves. <laughs> that was for what you did yesterday. That day, you know what happened? My will. <laughs> this is Bible I'm teaching you now. You don't think so? 
Jesus, before he went to the cross, he said, Father, at this point, what he did for us, the greatest, the best. He said, at this point, really, now that I've come to this place, I would rather me not be separated from you. For the first time in his life, he knew he was going to be separated from his father. He knew he would have to say what David said in Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When he knew that God never forsakes anybody. So it was so hard for him to even think about having to say that. He says, no, no, no. I, you know, can we do it some other way? Save these people some other way other than me having to say you forsaken me because when I made sin for them on the cross, since you can't look upon sin to enjoy it for the first time in our existence from eternity to this moment, you're not going to look on me with pleasure and I can't handle that. So let's find another way. And the father says, son, it's the only way. It's the only way because you have to fully become them so they can fully become you. You are blessed. I'm blessed. Yes. So he said, my will, not my will, but your will. That moment, his will was crushed. Went through the crucible of suffering. So that one day you and I may be willing to do his good pleasure. Yes. So that one day you and I will love God just to love him. And God already had a contest with the devil to prove that. That contest was in Job's life. And it's been proven that a man can love God just for loving God and not for material things. Because the devil said, you, Job only loves you because of material things. If he loses the material things, he'll stop loving you. Well, Job lost everything, but Job still said, my redeemer, come on, give praise to God. You have gone through something, but God has sent me to tell you today that your redeemer lives. The marriage will work. You went through it. It will work. I mean, think about it. Two of us from two different backgrounds Already, I'm talking biblical marriage. Already, we're two different gender. Genders. I'm talking biblical. Amen? So right away, there's a problem. Men don't think like women. Women don't think like men. Forget it. We don't. I would never want to have a baby. It's too painful. Okay. Then we have to make it work. So you're going to go through issues. You've gone to, you're going to go through, man, you're like, what? Was it even a good decision? Well, you already made it. And I'm here to tell you, God will restore. God will reconcile. Restitution. He'll help you. He knows there'll be problems. Sin will affect you. So he says, I'll restore. I'll heal. He restores my soul. Who, who was the soul? You, yes. David said in Psalm 23, he restores my soul. So that's what, another, how many witnesses now? I think I've given a lot, really. He restores my soul. Jeremiah 30, you recover your health. First Samuel 30, verse 
8, without fail, you recover all. Third John, verse 2, I wish above all things that you prosper, you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. What was the one I just said? First Thessalonians 5.23, the very God of shalom, peace, will sanctify you completely, entirely, your whole spirit, soul, and body. By the stripes of Jesus, you are healed right now. And I was telling you, thank you, Pastor Joe, from Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living, it is active and sharper than laser technology, sharper than any two-edged sword, and it pierces to the separation or dividing asunder of, who was spirit? Somebody was spirit. Of spirit, soul, and body. I love this scripture. Please, you can be seated. Thank you. Let's give them a hand. I'm not done right there, but I love the scripture. Let's complete it. Hebrews 4, we just did verse 12. Let's do verse 13. I love that. Let's do verse 13, please. Were you guys tired standing up? No? Okay, thank you. You see what I go through for an hour? And then sometimes I pray for everybody for another hour after we end the service online. Yeah. And I go home and your husband calls me that you don't want to get medical attention. And then when I'm tired, I got to deal with that. Please repent. You're the reason why he doesn't want to come to church. Because he's like, is that what Pastor Traxon teaches you? And then when he talks to me, he's like, oh, Pastor is a cool guy. So the problem is not Pastor. Repent. I said repent. Amen. Okay. Don't like that. Well, I love you still. Praise God. I said we're going to Hebrews, yeah? Okay. Hebrews 4. Please, after you walk out of that door, don't ask someone else who was pastor talking about. He's talking about you. Hebrews 4. What's that going to do for you? Mind your own business. You know who said that? Jesus. Jesus said, mind your own business, Peter. What does John's life have to do with your life? Mind your business. Amen? <laughs> Let God talk to you one day the way you talk to Job. And you really sit up. Hebrews 4, you found verse 12 and 13? Okay. Verse 12 was, for the word of God is quick and quick means alive, living, and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Okay, so all the pastors, prophets, who told you that a sword is against your family and it's from the ocean and it's from the heavenlies and it's from your ancestors and all that. And right here, the word of God is sharper than that sword. Come on, give God praise, somebody. The word of God has broken that sword. Amen. Say amen, somebody. Please be free. It pierces even to the separation of soul and spirit. 
So your spirit is not the same as your soul. Why? Because the Bible just told us the word can separate those two. Are we good? Okay. And it's a, uh, what is it? What is it? 12. The joints and marrow. Thank you. Joints and marrow refers to what? The body, right? And it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Today, God has been dealing with my thoughts and my heart intentions as well as yours. And the word has been transforming you. The word has been changing your mind and hopefully attitudes and behavior and conduct for your own good. Amen. Look at verse 13. I love this. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. So whatever anybody told you that is working against you and they can, nothing can be done unless you give them money. You know that business transaction is from hell. It's not from God. Or unless you bring a cow, a cat, a goat, a donkey, all, and uh, the liver of uh, a roach. You know how they come up with that? something that there's no way you can, you can, you know, bring, bring a, a heifer, red heifer, or bring a unicorn. Well, so if you can't bring a unicorn, then you just bring me money, I'll do it for you. All those things they tell you. Now, some of you all don't think God will help you unless somebody tells you you have to pray at 3 a.m. That's another thing that bothers me. You have to pray at 12 midnight. This kind of prayer we do only at 1. Why do you want to worship a God who can't help you any other time but 1 a.m.? That's not our God. That's, that's the our God, but that's not our God. Because our God's eyes are on you all the time. He neither slumbers nor sleeps. When you sleep, he's watching. In fact, he would rather you rest so he works. God would rather you rest so he can work. Sometimes God's not working because we are working and we are not resting. Come unto me all that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Rest. He loves you. Rest. Healing will come. Deliverance will come. He will touch your bone, your marrow. You saw it. There is no creature that is hidden from his sight. The word of God has the ability to enter. If human beings through laser technology can zone in on something in your body and remove it, cauterize it, burn it, cut it out, I am telling you the word of God that is sharper is entering into you and healing you. May he restore you from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. Right now in your house even now, put your hand on your head that right now from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet be healed, be made sound be made whole in Jesus name. 
The Lord touch your heart. The Lord touch your organs. May the Lord touch your liver. May the Lord touch your kidney. He said you will recover. That suggests that something went wrong. God knows some things will go wrong. But he says you don't have to live sick. You don't have to die that way. You shall without fail recover. Oh, give him praise. Give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. The word of God is looking for that thing right now and is dislodging it, removing it. Your bones are being healed. Osteoporosis being healed. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Your ankle bones are receiving strength. In the name of the Lord Jesus. The liver is being healed. The kidney that was messed up is being healed healed cirrhosis of the liver through alcoholism you are being healed if any is sick call the elders of the church James 5 let them pray the prayer of faith the sick shall be healed and the Bible says if he has committed sins God says he will be forgiven your sin of alcoholism that destroyed your liver has been forgiven by Jesus 2,000 years ago on the cross. Your diseases have been put on his own body. He took away from you what he did not put on you. He took away in the name of Jesus. He took sickness away. He took disease away. He took sins away in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the righteousness and the glory of the Lord that you lost in the garden of Eden because of Adam, he has brought to you. He has brought back to you. The good that you lost, which he did not take away, the good he has brought back in abundance. The bad that you did not need, he has removed far from you. He said, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. At this point now, we are no longer talking about the word as the Bible. At this point, he said, I have stepped out of the pages of this book that this man is preaching to you. I have stepped out and I have come in the spirit realm in person and I'm dealing with it. How do I know that? He just told us. He said, neither is there any creature that is not manifest. You read it. Manifest where? In his. Come on, please look at it. Do you notice it? Do you see what I see? I'm on the, I'm on the only person who sees it. Uh, yes, I know we're excited. We're standing and shouting and all that. But I need for you to also, in addition to being emotionally moved, I need for your mind to catch it. Because he said, I'll write my law on your spirit and on your mind. I need for your mind to catch this. So some saw it. Does everybody see this? He says, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But all things, somebody say all things, are plain, open, naked, and opened unto the eyes of and in case you did not catch when he said his, he repeats using another personal pronoun, male pronoun, for you to know now we're talking not about the Bible. He stepped out of the Bible into your life as the living word, not the graphy, not the graphy now, 
Not the written word. Now he is the Logos, the living word. The living word. He is working inside you. Your bones are being healed. Your organs are being healed. Your blood, your marrow is being healed. He is restoring lives now in the name of Jesus. Woo, give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Everything is open to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. And I like that part. He's saying that problem's got to deal with me. That issue you have in your life, it's got to deal with me. Your boss doesn't have to deal with you from today. Your boss deals with me. I will straighten that thing up at work in the name of Jesus. Everybody here, you got a case, a legal case. It's dealing with the judge of the whole earth. And he will do what is right for you. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Receive your miracle at home. Receive your miracle in the sanctuary right now. In Jesus' name, Father, deliver the oppressed. Heal the sick, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I command bodies to be healed in Jesus' name. Right there in your home, receive restoration. According to the written word, now the living word Jesus has stepped in and he's touched you right there. Where I cannot touch you, he touches you. I'm sure some of you have received a rhema. A rhema is a spoken word from God to a specific person to accomplish a specific thing. Unknown to me, God's working. God's working. God's working. God's working. You have received a specific word. Something I said today, but you heard it differently. It was quickened within you. And you're like, thank you, Jesus. I got that. That's me. I recover. I recover. I recover. In that soul, aspect of my soul, I recover. My will, oh, is recovered. Now it's yielded to the Lord. Completely yielded to the Lord. Just like Jesus, his will was crushed. Now... I am healed and restored because he was broken that I may be whole. Hallelujah. You can have communion at home just as a physical reminder that the bread you are eating and the wine you're drinking, the bread represents the body of Jesus that was broken so your body will not be broken. A marriage is also a body. Legally, technically, a company or corporation is also a body. A church is a body. So there are other bodies apart from just your physical human body. I stand to declare to you, your marriage body is healed. There's reconciliation. There's harmony. Yes. Yes. Maybe you felt regret. You're like, now this is the craziest person in the world. Even though I love them too. Well, to pieces. Now you know you shouldn't have loved to pieces. <laughs> you love to wholeness. Maybe you love them to death. Now you know you should have loved them to life. Praise God. I heard your pastor say this many times. When I officiate marriage, I never say for better or for worse. We're going to have communion today in the church. You can have the same at home. And where we are told to have communion as New Testament people, 
covenant people in the letters, the epistles. I don't mean even in the gospels because everything in the gospels was under the law. But even in the letters, we are told this. And that's where I take my marriage thing from. 1 Corinthians 11, that's what we're told about communion for the church. And he says, when you come together, you should come together for better, for worse. 1 Corinthians eleven seventeen. that's where I stand. That's always been my stand. He says, when you come together, you should come together for better, for worse. That is why I refuse to perform a marriage and tell these two people for better or for worse. Why should I pronounce worse on them? For richer or for poorer? Why should I pronounce poorer on them when the Lord said, I'm your shepherd, you shall not lack? What's the third thing? I always forget that one. For in sickness and in health. Why should I pronounce sickness over you? As a pastor, when God said, pray for the sick to be healed. When God just said, you rec I'll recover you. I'll heal you of your wounds. In fact, I'll do one more scripture and we'll pray. I got to do the scripture. Then we pray. Job 33. To heal somebody. Job 33 verse 24. This will heal somebody. I think, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This will settle it. This will settle it. Job 33. I refuse to say that for richer, for poorer. No. I'll just say, I, I bless you. I put you together in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I pray that against all challenges that ever come up in your marriage, you will stand united. And by your mutual faith in God, you shall overcome. That's what you say. 1 Corinthians eleven seventeen says, you come together for better, not for worse. In fact, the Spirit of God says, I will not praise you for making up your mind to come together for worse. He said, I won't praise you for that. Read it, it's there. Anyway, Job 33. <laughs> if it's not the word, I won't preach it. I don't know everything, but if I'm telling you, it's because I saw it in the Bible. Amen? Tell your sons, tell your daughters, tell your grandchildren. When they go for marriage counseling, before the pastor marries them, tell them, please tell them, dear pastor, I would like you to pronounce just blessings, no sickness, no worse things, all these good things. And then just say that any challenge that comes, we will stand together. We will not fall apart. We'll stand, we'll trust God, and God will help us through. You know, well, rather you say that, or let us say our own vows, respectfully. But please, don't confess that over us. Be like Shaquille O'Neal. I don't, I don't work this hard in NBA, make my money, and then at my marriage I say for poorer. I'm not going to be poor. He said I wouldn't say it. I don't know his spiritual stand, but he's probably not even in a word of faith like you. I don't know. And anyway, forgive me, Shaquille. God bless you. Did you find Job 33, 24? Everybody look at it. Then he is gracious unto him and says, gracious means grace. You give you grace. Deliver him from going down to the pit. Whoa. It's your health going down. May God deliver you today. Why? Why do you think God says so? He says, read on. I have found a ransom. Who is that? Jesus paid the price. He ransoms you. Amen. 
Okay, some of you are not getting it. All right, let's read on. You get it. Verse 25. His flesh shall be fresher than the child's. Can somebody give the Lord a shout? I know those who are spiritual are going to tell you, no, 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 Pastor, he's not talking about flesh as in it's all spiritual. So today you're going to tell me now, flesh is spiritual, uh-huh. Shame on you. Today you're going to tell me flesh is not flesh. Ladies and gentlemen, flesh here is flesh. This is not spirit. When God says, I will heal you, I don't know why people do that. They say, oh, no, no, no. He said, By his stripes we are healed. That's not physical. That is all spiritual. Ladies and gentlemen, we were not sick. We were dead. And Christ resurrected us. Sin is not sickness. Sin is death. Read the Bible. We were not sick. We were dead. Dead in sins and trespasses. He raised us up. Sickness is physically you're sick. God says, I heal you. He bore our sins and our sicknesses. Both. Next week, I'll teach you that. Oh, well, whenever I get to preach, I'll teach you that. Verse 25. His flesh shall be fresher than the child's. And in case you don't agree, he says, he shall return to the days, I love God, of his youth. I feel good. Woo! He shall return to the days of his youth. What is God saying there? God is saying to all of you who have been listening to people telling you, oh, oh, at this age, yes, it's your waste. That's how, that's how it starts. Start, everything starts falling apart. Mm -hmm. It starts with a waist. Then your back. Uh, you're all laughing. You know, you know, you know. And then the leg goes. Uh -huh. It starts going. Uh -huh. Yeah. Everybody goes through it. Menopause. Uh -huh. And then what's the male pause? Andropause? What's our pause? <laughs> May God not put you on pause. May you get off pause in the name of Jesus. You're supposed to live, not be on pause. <laughs> I know some of you don't agree with that. It's okay. You'll get it. Be like, Pastor, you got to face reality. That's not reality. Those are facts. It's different from reality. Reality is Christ. They're facts. And reality overcomes the facts. There are facts they are telling you today. When technology improves, later on they discover things and it changes the facts. Now they have a cure for it and it's no longer, a fact, no longer a fact that that kills people anymore because human beings have discovered a cure for it. So don't live by facts, live by reality. Did it help you? Okay, finally, verse 26. He shall pray unto God. Are you ready to pray? Well, I prayed and blessed you, but we'll pray and end. He shall pray unto God, and God will be, oh, I love this. I know Pastor Sandra likes this too, because I've heard her quoted. This is the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time for God to favor you. Look at that. He shall be favorable unto him. And he shall see his face with joy. For he will render unto man his righteousness. 
he who knew no sin was made sin for us that he may render unto us his righteousness. Right there, he covers your spiritual problem. You are born again. If you don't know Jesus, you can receive him right now. Wherever you are watching me, you can say, I receive the righteousness of Jesus today. He bore my sin. Thank you. I believe in you. I receive you. You can say that right now. And not only for righteousness, but may your skin become like a baby's. Any psoriasis, any skin problem, healed in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. May your skin doctor be shocked when they examine you. Ask you, how did that happen? And you say, Jesus, I found in Job 33 that God who created me said, I'll return to the days of my youth. That is supernatural. We know everybody in the, in the world grows and we know all those natural things. But here he's talking about something supernatural. And it happened for the man. It, it did happen for him. He was going through hell on earth. His skin, he had carbon kills, boils all over his skin. It wasn't just a physical attack. It was a spiritual attack. Because Job 2 verse 7 says, Satan smote Job from his foot to his crown. What's that telling you? That there are some things that happen in life that are demonic, that are spiritual. Because we all know that God blesses us from the crown of our head to the soles of our feet. And that's why I pray that today for you. But when Satan attacks, it's opposite. From your foot to your crown. Some of you all have been taken to places and you've been bathed. All those bad places they took you to where you were bathed, remember... How did they start? They put some leaves in some water. And they did shimbori shimbora. You know, I picked that from, what was that, TV for kids program? Barney. Shimbori. Anytime it came on shimbori shimbora, I said, I bind you in Jesus' name. I know, forgive me. But anyway, because I'd seen it happen. I'd seen it happen. They put leaves in a bucket. They stir it up. And they say some words, and they start putting it on the people. When we were kids, we were taken to this village because something was happening in the family. They said they needed to protect us. Taken to this village. Took all the kids to this man. And when the kids came back, they said this is what he did. Put these leaves in water, some kind of water that had some... Something, it smelled, they could smell it. You know, put, put uh, some, something, put some kind of oils or one in it. And they said, he said, put it on our legs, on our feet, and then hit our legs. Started kind of, that's how they described it. You know what God did for me when they took us there? God loves me. Each time there'll be an appointment for them to come take me, take us, I would fall into a deep sleep. 
whenever they'll come, I'll be asleep. And our host, father there, the man said, he's asleep, leave him. So they always take the other kids and not me. God will watch over you. I only found out because they described it to me. He said, he put it. He started on our feet and put it. And then he put it. And a lot of them have problems in life. Minus. Thank you for loving me. Lord, thank you for loving God's people. Thank you that you've taught us to just rest because you've t- you're taking care of it. Help everybody. I pray that people will rest right now. Rest in you. Rest in your love for them. I just pray today, right now, for rest, for peace, for people. The very God of Shalom, give rest to your soul. Just be at peace right now. In the name of Jesus, the Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. I'm one of those pastors who believes this, that you are supposed to be blessed while you are alive. Right now, we give you your flowers. We encourage you while you are alive. We bless you. We eulogize you while you are alive. Right now, I bless you. The Lord bless you with health, bless you with strength, bless you with salvation, bless you with vigor, bless your family, bless your marriage. You're single, the Lord bless you. The Lord encourage you, your mind emotionally, that you're never taking over by loneliness. No, you have purpose. The Lord bless you with fulfillment of divine purpose and destiny. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, by the faith of God, I call it down. If you believe and agree, say amen. I love you, church. God bless you. Have a great week. Have a fantastic week. God bless you. Give him a shout. Woo! Give the Lord a shout. Ah, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. As I said to you, if you're home, please get bread, get, get wine, and, and just go ahead. Get some grape juice right now and, and get bread. If you have crackers, get it right now. And let's have communion together right now. Amen. 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 Also, if you're given uh, to God financially, you can do that right now also. You can go ahead and do that right now. As we prepare communion, they're going to also put on the screen, they're going to put on the screen uh, information about how you can give to God by supporting this ministry. You can do that. So it's going to be on the screen while we are serving communion in the church Let's do, let's do the offering right now so that it covers the time we are serving communion, preparing for it. In your home right there, you don't have to go far. Here in church, they're going to go all the way to the back of the church. But in your home right there, just get crackers or get bread. If you have bread, most of you have bread in your home. Get bread, you know, if you have crackers, you know, biscuit. All right, get that. And then get grape juice. Get grape juice. Praise God. Or get wine. If you don't have grape juice, get wine. I know a lot of you have wine in your home. God bless you. Amen. But I don't mean get drunk. You know, just, this is just a little. (laughs) Hallelujah. All right. Praise the Lord. All right. So I'll just do the offering. I know in home you've already gotten it. There's still seven people in church. So let's do the offering. It's on your screen. You can give by zeal to God. This is also worship to God. We're not paying God. God bless you anyway. You're just loving him. You're just thanking him. Amen. 
This is part of our spiritual worship. And also, you're supporting the work of this ministry, God's work. That's it. That's it. May God bless you. So you can give via Zelle. It's 571-234-2387. That's Zelle. If Zelle doesn't apply to you, you can go online and give through PayPal on our website. Just please just go to WMMChurch.org, WMMChurch.org, and then a red donate button will come on the screen. Just click it and give online. So you can do that anywhere in the world. It's through pay, PayPal and Secure. Thank you. Finally, if you want to send a check in the mail, send it to World Missions Ministries. Make the check out to World Missions Ministries. And send it to 6805 East Clinton Street, Clinton, Maryland, 20735. And that's USA for those of you overseas. Again, it's 6805 East Clinton, like former President Clinton, same spelling. Clinton Street, East Clinton Street, Clinton. The city is Clinton, Maryland, 20735, and that's USA. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The Lord bless you. I pray now, Lord, we worship you with our tithes and offerings. We worship you with our gifts of love, thanksgiving offerings. Thank you, thank you. That our high priest, the Lord Jesus, receives this and in our behalf worships you with it. We give you thanks. We give you praise. We're blessed. And as a ministry also, we're blessed. As individuals, we're blessed. We recover all, all we lost. Houses that were lost, we recover. Families, marriages lost, we recover. As in 1 Samuel 30, we recover. Finances lost, we recover. We believe for this. We receive it by faith. And we thank you. We also recover physically our health so that sickness will not take our money from us and sickness will not take our peace and our joy and time to be spent with family, working, traveling, enjoying lives. Sickness will not take it away. Will not take away from us ministering, being able to, for me, being able to come to church to preach, to teach. Thank you that you will never allow sickness to do that to me. I thank you. And I thank you for the same for my brothers and sisters. In Jesus' name. Amen. You can give now. And the Lord bless you. Just go ahead and give online. The Lord bless you. Now we'll have communion together. We'll have communion together. And as I said, I actually prefer using the scriptures for New Testament believers, which is the epistles, not even gospels, because the gospel, most of it was still under the law of Moses. But after Jesus died, what he instituted in communion is recorded in 1 Corinthians 11. 1 Corinthians 11. And I believe that as we have communion today, better things will happen for you. The better things, that's based on verse 17. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 17. Now in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not 
that when you come together, not for the better, but for the worse, you should never come together for that. I don't praise you, Paul said, for doing that. In other words, you need to come together for better. So I believe that better things will happen for you. If you were sick, now you get better. Does that make sense? In, in the world, when people are sick, and they go to the doctor and they get well. Instead of sick, we say they got what? Better. We good? Okay. So may you get better. Now watch this. 1 Corinthians 11. 11. Look at this with me. 1 Corinthians 11, as we're partaking communion. Look here. Verse 29. For he that eats and drinks unworthily, eats the bread and drinks the wine that represent the body and the blood of Jesus, drinks unworthily, drinks damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. The Lord's body. Verse 30. For this cause, many are weak and sick among you, and many even sleep or they die before their time. So they were do, coming together for worse. And he says, no, I don't praise you. You've got to come together for the better. We good? So you have to discern the Lord's body. How do we discern or understand what the body means for us? It means you have to have a revelation heart and understanding that the bread that you have right now in your house, crackers you have, that reminds you of what happened to Jesus' body. He was beating on his back and by his stripes we are healed. So don't just do it as habit, but you have communion now with the understanding, the discernment that this thing represents, it's, it's reminding me that Jesus healed me. So I'm going to eat so I'm not weak. I'm going to eat so I'm not sick. I'm going to eat so I'm strong. I recover. I'm going to eat so I live out my life. I don't die prematurely. So now with this understanding, let's eat. Please, at home, let's eat. The blessing is on the bread now in Jesus' name. Let's eat. Please eat the crackers, eat the bread. The bread just reminds you of the body of Jesus. The bread does not become the body of Jesus, so don't worry about it. You can have crackers, just remind, you know, just eat it. If somebody is with you who is born again, please help them, give them bread also. Maybe somebody was just visiting in your home today and you watched me today. If they are born again, give them help. Yes, just give them bread also and give them some wine or grape juice. If they are not born again, they don't believe in Jesus. They can't have it. But when I pray today, if they prayed along to receive Jesus, they can have communion. So please ask them. Somebody is visiting with you right now. Ask them. Did you pray along with the pastor to receive Jesus? Go ahead and ask them.
I had that happen in a service during communion. And I just asked. And somebody gave their life to Jesus because they understood that they could not have communion before receiving Jesus. They understood that. Hallelujah. So you can do that now. You receive Jesus, then you have communion. Okay. God bless you. Now please take the wine from the same chapter, 1 Corinthians 11, says in verse 25, after he did the bread, that he said, take the bread and eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Do it remembering me. So that means we have to do it. Praise God. Some of you are online watching people who are teaching today that we should not have communion. That's not true. I saw it online, so that's not true. It says, do it to remember me. And this is not from the Gospels. This is not from Moses' time, Exodus. I de deliberately taught from epistles because I know it's out there now. I've seen it. Don't believe it. This is from the epistles. He said, do it in remembrance of me. Now verse 20. It's amazing what's out there. Verse 25. After the same manner also, he took the cup when he had stopped saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink. What is it? Drink it in remembrance of me. So the day the Lord had that last supper with them, did he expect that they would do it often after that day? Yes. And he knew that one day we will also be doing the same. And according to the letter to the church, when we do it, we will remember the Lord and we will be healed. So we'll not be weak. We'll not be sick. None of us will die early. Die premature. We good? Verse 26, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death. Till when? Till he comes. So we're supposed to be doing this till he comes. Has he come back for us? Not yet. So let's eat for health and let's drink, right, for life. Amen. Drink for all the things that are good. It's like you raise your cup at somebody's wedding and you wish them well. Yes, raise your cup and know this. Believe, Lord, I'm drinking life. I add life to my life. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. I speak life to my life. Oh, long life is mine. Health is mine. Thank you for your righteousness. I will live in it, walk in it. You are my ransom. I drink to life. Let's drink to life now in Jesus' name. Just for a moment, anything that's on your heart that you need that I don't know of, I haven't mentioned, in your heart right now, you just say this. Lord, I took communion today in remembrance of you that you died for my sins and my sicknesses, for my life. And as I heard today, spirit, soul, body, 
every area of every area of my life. What this man did not mention that I need, Lord, I receive. Make it your prayer. Say, I receive. I agree with you. It's done. I agree with you for the better. I agree with you for the richer. I agree with you for health. I agree with you for long life. In fact, I agree with you for wealth to give to those who don't have. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now here in the sanctuary. Be with you all online in your homes now and evermore. Jesus' name. If you agree, you say, Amen. I mean, so be it. Love you. God bless you. Thank you. That ends today's service. See you back here next week, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's U.S. Washington, D.C., you know, time. So just uh, check the time wherever you are in the world and join us. Tell somebody that you watch us on YouTube or Facebook or you heard us on Spotify, whatever platform, if this is blessing you, share it, bless someone else. God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Praise the Lord.